Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard. We're here at the Human Events uh, Daily with our America Fest special. We're continuing the series, and I do have to apologize to the audience because unfortunately we have Eric Metaxas back on. I apologize. In I'm, I'm very for being sorry. Who I am. I'm very sorry. The host of America Tax Show. Yeah, actually, we Listen, were going to have somebody else. They canceled. Again. It will not yeah, happen again. You know, we needed somebody and Eric was around. He Terrible. barged his way in and, know. you know, he said he would, it would tie me up as a whole thing. So I said, fine, we'll have him on again. What? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> no, what'd you say? What? No, but Eric, the, the last episode we, we did is Atheism Dead. We have so many great reviews, so many comments. And the, the question that I want to come up with, though, because I think we also have to get into the meta sense of why you wrote the book and 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 also letter to American church, because the real issue, I think, that yeah. we face as believers, as Christians in our country today. And I want to pose the question to you and frame this yeah, as yeah, yeah. is there a war on Christians today in the West? Um, yes and no. OK. Ultimately, it is a war on God. Wow. Uh what we're seeing right now um, is, I mean, if you, if you think about it, no matter where you look, uh, when you see genuine atheism, okay, atheism is at war with God. It has this preposterous utopianist plan to make everything better. If we can just get rid of God, if we can just remake everything, what it really means to do is to unmake God's reality. So everything that God has put in order, the family, uh, men and women, wh whatever it is, even beauty and goodness, um, these people are wittingly or unwittingly, depending on where they're coming from, at war with these things. So, I mean, look, you see it in 20th century art, right? a war on beauty. Ugh. Now we're going to make ugly things and we're going to tell you, but we tell you that it's they're beauty. beautiful and we're going to make ugly um, skyscrapers and brutalist architecture that everybody's going to want to gag at. But we're going to tell you, no, 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 no. If you're sophisticated, you'll think it's good. Right, right. Or, or my, my favorite are the uh, the uh, the modernist art, the paintings, which yeah. is all just money laundering. And I say that beyond Hunter Biden. Yeah. That, that you know, a, a big uh, swath of blue across a palette. Right. And it's, oh, oh it's the, it represents man's search for meaning. Yeah. It's a, no, it's just blue. It represents it's blue on a man's search for a buck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, basically, but I'm saying this is the history of the 20th century. Everything beautiful and accessible, beautiful poetry. I mean, the poetry of Longfellow, the poetry going through the ages. All of that in the 20th century, uh, the elites basically said, no, it's too pretty and it's too accessible. We want to do arcane, difficult, ugly things. We want to create poetry that no one will ever read except us and our five friends. And in a sense, that's the history. I mean, we're, we're only talking about beauty right now, but it is a war ultimately on God. When God says something is beautiful, representational art, God, I mean, notice there's nothing tacky in nature, okay? Everything right. in nature uh, is either beautiful or awesome or whatever, but only human beings can create things which, that, are, and, which, that are tacky. And, and, and you actually you actually bring this out in the book a little too, because we point out that uh, what is the purpose of beauty? How do you define beauty? How do you, uh, it, you what is the evolutionary, you know, well, that, uh, that, developed purpose? It makes no sense. That's, I, I mean, ultimately, what, what I say in my book is atheism dead and, and in, a, in a number of things. But I, I talk about the idea that everything that is good and true and beautiful 
is of God yes. and points to God, whether you know it or not. So when you look at a sunset, you don't say, oh, that's a Christian sunset. <laughs> but the point is you're moved to tears. Well, my family does. Or you're moved to something. That's right. To, to, you're moved by something beautiful. Why are you moved? Now, the the uh, strict atheist, uh, blind Darwinian evolutionist who believes in the, only in the nat natural, uh, he believes in materialism. He basically says, there's no such thing as beauty. There's no such thing as truth. There's no such thing as love. So whatever you feel is just some chemicals in your body. It's a biochemical reaction, a dopamine evolution, release. Right. You know, has has selected for you to be moved by these things. Or but something. also, but why? Well, well, what's the evolutionary I mean, it, answer? To it, that? It, it gets in, it gets the bigger stuff. So the, the bottom line is, most people know that's garbage. Most people know that if I see something beautiful and I weep, if I hear beautiful music and I weep, that's right. It points to something holy and sacred. We're made in God's image. We're made for eternity. We're made to be with him in a world of beauty and truth and goodness. And so everything in the world points to that. So the Marxist atheists, the materialists, they basically say, no, 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 we can't have that. So we're gonna unmake anything good and beautiful and true. So the family, the love that a husband and wife have for each other, uh, the beauty uh, of, of the family, the beauty of a nation, of natural, natural national cultures all of that stuff they are at war with that they want to deconstruct it they want to strip it down and break it down when you get to critical race theory when you get to transgender madness all of these things at their heart are a war on god there's a and god's um, reality there's a there's a, a, a fun uh experiment you can run on social media i'm constantly running experiments on social media as one of my favorite things about social media is that you you can find a picture find some picture whether it's you know if it's my family i'll, I'll post it or you're, you know if you or it doesn't have to be a stock photo uh you know just a a well-dressed family yeah um mom dad two kids you know walking into a church and just right. post it up oh on social media yeah. no commentary right and wait wait for the comments to wait come for in the haters and you will get i guarantee you every time i've done this you always get the comment oh well he probably beats his wife Right. And it's uh, this is this is, this is a this, trained yeah. this is pathological like... Pavlovian response yeah. to this that they have to find some way to deconstruct and deny that an image of a totally normalized right. homogenous relationship, right. uh heterosexual relationship, uh, godly relationship would 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 occur, would well, exist. I've... They have to find some way to uh, rob it of its validity. No, that's that, that's that's beautiful. This is why I love you because we kind of think alike. What you just said, I have actually said this. I've never heard anyone say this before. But the narrative, okay? Now let's think about it. It's kind of like the Howard's in narrative. Because they have to find America. something wrong. It's very Howard's in. It's yes. the Howard's in narrative of America, but applied <laughs> to everything. Where yes. you basically say, what would the devil say? The devil would say, oh yeah, you probably don't know. He beats his wife. You know. So what we've noticed in 20th century pop culture, okay, and this basically came in in the 50s and then the 60s, it's to deconstruct everything, to say yes. there are no heroes, everybody's a bum. Now, biblically, we can say, yes, everyone's a sinner, but then we also know that God has created us in his image, he wants to redeem what's broken, but they give you this hopeless narrative that basically says every husband who loves his wife whatever like we know the real story the right. real story is he beats his wife or he's cheating with her he's cheating on her probably with a guy they have to corrode what is beautiful 
but they have so successfully sold that narrative, okay, and especially in elite culture, which yes. is filtered down through pop culture, so that when you see something beautiful, even we kind of, uh, it's almost like we've been trained to think of what's the negative thing hiding behind the beautiful thing? What's the, you know? That's right. And so I realized when I got married uh, 26 years ago, Amen. Uh, when we had my daughter 23 years ago, I, re I said, I've lived in a world that has not sung the praises of marriage. Marriage is no. a glorious thing. No. Even at its worst, it's a glorious thing. Even the best marriages are difficult and it's worth it. It's beautiful and amazing. I haven't heard that narrative. I've always heard the narrative that marriage is a prison, you know, stay the free ball, the or whatever. Ball and chain. The ball and chain, whatever, ball and chain. whatever it is, right? Children greatest thing imaginable oh life is your family. life is over now buddy and all you hear about is how you you're not going to be able to actualize yourself you're not going to be able to have an amazing career and do all the great things whatever listen the decades have passed and i look at the people that bought that lie they're alone they missed the opportunity to have a family these lies, these pernicious so, lies I don't, I don't you know have this. been in the culture for decades. We we talked about this uh, um, on the show about, uh, uh, before, but the founder and, and our, our, our uh, my colleague Alex Clark of, of Politics and Spillover here at Turning Point USA, um, we did an episode talking about how the founder of the show, Sex in the City, um, oh, yeah. actually came out oh, yeah. and admitted that she regretted not being married yeah. and she regretted not having kids. And Sex in the City was the show. You're yeah, no, they've been culture. selling these this lies. Was, it's not the only one, but it, it, the most obvious one that sold this they, idea of go to the city, get your job, versus if you watch a Hallmark movie. Yeah. And this is why I'm, I'm yeah. an unabashed supporter of Hallmark, yeah. because every Hallmark movie is the exact opposite of Sex in the City. Right. No, look, Sex in the City sell. I mean, these things are so pernicious and so evil. They sold the lie that women can have unattached sex, just like the pig guys have been doing since Hefner's been selling that lie to the guys. Yeah. It is destructive to every man, to every woman, but they sold this. They used everything they had to sell this to the culture. How many people have bought this lie? And so when you say there's a war on Christians, there's a war on God's values because God's values bless people. God's values, you know, uh, in my book, Letter to the American Church, I talk about how the church is supposed to be active and we're supposed to bring our values into the public sphere, into politics yes, everywhere. Why? Right. Because it will bless people. Christians believe slavery is wrong. So we bring that value that human beings are sacred and we bring about the abolition of the slave trade, thanks to William Wilberforce and all those heroes, the abolition of slavery. Uh, we think racism is wrong. So the Jim Crow laws were abolished through the churches. In other words, if you believe in what God believes, people will get blessed, not just the church. Everyone will get blessed. You'll have more freedom in America. Well, there, you there's a, you know, uh, the, 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 the kingship of Jesus Christ extends beyond the church. Uh, right, amen. Right. It extends, it's called it extends, truth and reality, right. right? So it's not, and and this is why also that you know, you know, if you're following an ideology that doesn't, um, I got into a debate earlier today uh, online where, as as you know, as you as I, I suggest everyone to get into an online debate at least once a day. <laughs> it's certainly the best way to share your time, and uh, but someone said, "Is is religion an ideology?" And I said, "No." And I said, religion is ideology is are the ways that we try to okay. we try this to define. Is why I love you. We try more to define every day, reality itself. 
but religion is it's called reality the truth and reality are not an ideology and the worship of the creator so Amen. ideology is the way that we perhaps we try to understand it reflect it express yeah. it yeah. but to, to equate worship of the creator with some mundane political or right. economic right. ideologies no no you're totally missing I mean point. And look there and are people and that's, Christians that's, that's who a non-believer have ideology there's no uh, doubt well, about it and that but that is a non-believer's take on right. religion right no I, I think the, the, the reason I wrote the book is atheism dead uh in a way, and and my and the new book, Letter to the it's American Church, kind of a Church, two party. It's in kind of a, a two way, party. Uh, is to say the opposite of that. To say that what we're dealing with here is incontrovertible reality. Yes, God stacked the deck. The house always wins. He invented this universe. He invented all of reality. It all points to him. You can only kick against those goads for so long before you lose, because there is no way for a man to become a woman, for a woman to become a man. There is no way to create some utopianist, atheistic world. It These lies can only be sold for so long and then they fall apart because they are at war with reality itself. And so I'm, I'm simply convinced that it's less you know, my, my project is less to convert people to Christian faith than to reality because all reality points to the God of the Bible. Uh, and, and if you care about truth, there's no way you're going to go in any other direction. And, and so I really do think that sci in, in the book Is Atheism Dead, when I talk about science, I think to myself, you know, for a while, some people sold the lie that science is at war with faith. So you can get away with that for a while, but eventually, if you continue to do science, science begins to point to the idea that, oh yeah, there's an intelligent designer right. who created all this, and the more science you learn, the more obvious it becomes. It's not kind of like, well, well the evidence we, is pointing. You know, the evidence and, is overwhelming. And we had, um, we've done, and I've, I've done interviews with, uh, Ben Stein is coming back around yeah. again. Oh yeah. And he was, he was canceled before we had the word canceled. Right. Uh, he was sort of the proto-canceled yeah. guy because he did a documentary Called, about intelligent design and the war on intelligent design. Right. Um, and Adam Carolla was in. It's a great documentary. It was by called the way. Expelled, and, he and was it was destroyed. it's amazing. Sure. He was blacklisted. His career was over but, at but that point. But think about that. Think and about why would they? Why would they? I mean, you kind of say, if people really care about the truth, they would look into it, or they would say, "Well, he has a point of view. I have this point of view." But they are so. Now we can use the word triggered, right? They're so horrified by the implications. Well, and that here's here's the scare, here's here's the trouble for them now, is that the people who blacklisted him and the new atheists and all this, you can go around now and when you talk about intelligent design, suddenly people start listening. Yeah. Suddenly people that that is not a a a, a you know a dirty word anymore. Yeah. It's not you know when and when I hear and look. And I'm just going to say it. When I hear Elon Musk and these guys in the futurists talk about uh, the simulation theory, yeah. I said, see, the simulation theory, well, this is just St. Paul. <laughs> you're just, you're, you're just, I mean, th this has worked out 2,000 years ago, man. Right. You're, you're just bringing that stuff again because you know intuitively that there is something more. There is, we have the fine-tuned universe that it doesn't quite work with the the Darwinian model no. there's too much that fits together there's too much we've learned since the 1800s oh it's unbelievable that you have to come up you have to come to a designer now now the 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 humanists right they don't call themselves they the same word they call themselves humanists yeah they won't admit God but yeah. they'll throw in some kind of alien or they'll, or they'll well, say that's well, you know there's a weird computer program yeah. yeah. and but even even then I'll sit there and say well 
to extend your analogy out, uh, an algorithm or that provides your free will, is that any different than a no, soul? No, of course not. It's the They're, same. You're, well, just, that's you're, you're it's, arguing it's nomenclature. It's called sophistry. They're playing games. That's right. Because they don't want to lose sophistry. the argument, so they kind of switch the subject or say that. The reality is that, and again, I, we were talking about my book, Is Atheism Dead? I, I was astonished. There's no other word. Astonished at the evidence for God from science. That's right. I grew up in a world where that wasn't even conceivable. Like, I thought to myself, we'll always have problems. There's going to be science and faith. and Science... The more we know from science, the more it points to God. I mean, this is simple fact. I mean, if you only read my book, you're going to get you're going to get the highlights. But the point is, if you start reading more widely, you're going to say, how does everyone not know this, that science in the last few decades has effectively proved that an intelligent designer created the universe, this planet, human life. Yes. Like there's really no other plausible solution. Now, you might not like it but you've got to deal with it. And and a lot of these folks, they don't want to deal with it because it makes them uncomfortable. No, I think I, I, I think if, if if Christianity is at war, it's winning. I think it's winning. I think God is winning. I, think, I mean, he's already won in a sense, but it, it in the early days of science, and, and this is what's so bizarre to me that if you know anything about the history of science itself and the way we do science, oh my gosh. that there wasn't even any idea that this would be a conflict. In fact, science and theology were were sort of considered the same thing. I actually forgot. I literally forgot a part of my own book. And the book is Atheism Dead. Part of it, I deal with the fact that it was specifically Christian theology that led to what we call modern science and That's the scientific right. revolution. Now, let's think about that. It was specifically Christian theology. And in the book, of course, I explain why. But so it didn't just kind of emerge and we buy this lie that like it was Galileo versus the church. Nonsense. It was believing Christians. It's really more Galileo versus Aristotle, who, who, by the way. It, thank you. I also talk about that in the book. It was absolutely believing Christians who understood that the universe is ordered, it's created with order, and that we can probably find out more uh, if we study it. There was not only no conflict between faith and science, but it was faith in Christ that led to science. It's science so this, from faith. It's it's in a, But I mean, you know, you talk about something that almost no one knows. We live in a world where people say, oh, that can't be. That is true. And it, it, to understand it, it that even, and it's it's amazing because you know you, you your your Punnett squares and modern genetics. Well, that comes from Gregor Mendel. Yeah. Uh, the Big Bang theory yeah. comes from a Belgian priest. Yeah. Um, who later is is Robert? You know, basically is is stamped and approved by Hubble. Uh, you know, these all of these theories right. are, and these are recent new. Right. Um, Francis Collins, who I have my issues with. I got Fra big issues. I big with issue him. Francis Collins, but I will give him credit for the Human Genome Project yeah. and has always said that that his science made him more of a believer. I wish he was a stronger Christian. I will, but that's a whole Yeah, we don't want to get into that. It's a whole other podcast. Uh, I don't want to get into right now, but I may, right. I will make the point there and I'll throw right. his name out because right. of that accomplishment was real. Right. Um, which I do think that he then then turned and used the, the goodwill for that for, for bad form. Right. But he, he, again and again and again, and I'm, I, this is something, by the way, my... I don't talk about this that much, but I might as well just say it. Uh, so my mom was a, before she retired, she was a microbiologist her whole life for 40 years. Whoa. And she is a devout Catholic and has never, never once in her life considered anything other than in all of the science she did, the studies, the interaction, and she studied the reproductive cycle. 
um, is specifically what she focused her her work on, and uh, never once occurred to her that the things that she was studying and things that she was learning were in any way in conflict with her faith. I mean, look, the, the more you know, if you're honest, the more you study the human body, uh, anything in science, the more you come to the conclusion that there is no way this just happened through random forces, <laughs> through the processes of blind evolution. A tornado there, in a there, junkyard, there right? There is no way, if you're honest, but if you are if you are an ideologue and you say, no, 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 I, I don't believe in God, I've never, you, you try to concoct a way that it's possible these things happen without God. Well, let me, they, they could not have, it, the more we know, the more obvious it becomes that the God hypothesis is by far the only rational hypothesis we have. And Eric, let me, because we only have a few moments left, uh, a few minutes here. Let me ask you though, why? Why declare war on God? And when I look at the 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 revolutionaries of the 1960s and, and, and forward from there, yeah. you notice that God is their first target in the public square. Always. Removing God from the public always. square. Yeah. And the answer that I've always come up with is control. Is that if you remove God, you can you can take control because we see this in every revolutionary movement. They target the priest, they target God, they target the churches. Because if you re remove that ideology from right. people, then they will not look to an, a higher That's power. Right. They'll look to government, they'll look to world. Well, they power. will despair, and in their despair, they will turn to whoever says, yes. I've got the answers. Yes. Um, look, you see this over and over and over again. Why are the Chinese communists at war with God and with Christian faith. Why? Or or even with the Uyghur Muslims, why? Because when you say there is a higher power to whom I answer, you cut them out. You basically say, I don't need to listen to you. I listen to God. That's what built America, is that people said, I, I, I have faith in God. I will govern myself. I don't need a bureaucracy or a tyrant to tell me what to do. We will be largely self-governing only because we believe in God. You wouldn't have liberty on the American model if you didn't have God and virtue at the heart of it. So there's no question if you're an authoritarian of any kind, your your first enemy are those people that believe in the God of the Bible. And by the way, Hitler clearly knew if I do not destroy the church, I'll do it very carefully. I won't come out publicly against the church, but slowly behind the scenes, I will crush the church because they are my only real enemy mm. in German culture. They are the only ones that can stand against the evil, which of course brings me to my new book, Letter to the American Church. Hitler got the church to be silent long enough that he was able to wipe them out. He said, just just be quiet, just preach your little sermons and, and, and I got everything else covered. They bought that lie just as many American Christians today are buying that lie and saying we shouldn't be political, we shouldn't get involved in these other things. Right. At some point, hey Romans, Romans, If you buy that lie, as the German Church did, at some point, the authoritarian state will crush the church, will will remove you from having any voice or any ability to get out, and basically that's where we are in America. So well, the reason I wrote a letter state, to the American Church is to wake up the American Church. Say, if you do not put your faith into action now, very soon you will no longer have the ability to do that. And if you have a state, and I have to say this as uh, as a descendant of Poland, that if you have a state that embraces as its ruling ideology atheism, which the the natural uh, 
exegesis of atheism will always be eugenics. It must oh, be. Oh, there's no question. Right? And so no question. It, it turns into eugenics, and this is where you start taking that order and then ordering humanity itself. You have you have your 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 Ubermensch, your your I mean, Untermensch, look, we, we haven't and, said it, Jack. It's ultimately a satanic project. You have to be clear. From the yes. Garden of Eden, yes. when Satan says you can be as gods, okay, that lie, that utopianist lie, you can trace it all through human history. You can either realize I'm not God and I need God, or you can believe the lie that we can be as gods. And that uh, that satanic project is something we're seeing now because let's face it. We have tremendous technology and abilities uh, to communicate around the world in a way that it's actually frightening. And in other words, if you're an authoritarian, now's your time to to say we have the ability, uh, you know, as the Chinese do, increasingly to do what the Nazis could only dream of doing. Right. The Nazis could only dream of Ima doing. Imagine this. if uh, Hitler had Google and if, Facebook. If, if Hitler and all had Google right. and face recognition technology and on and on and on and on. So we are living at a time where what human beings, we are able in a sense technologically to build the Tower of Babel that we've never been able to succeed in building before. And so this is why the war on God and on God's values has never been more in the open. And so Amen. if the church does not wake up now and stand with everything we have against it, we're going to reap the whirlwind. But again, I wrote the book because I believe God's will is that the American church specifically wake up and avoid the horror of what the German did, German church did. That's God's will. Whether we do it, that's up to us. Eric Metaxas, host of the Eric Metaxas Show. Go get both books. Is Atheism Dead? Letter to American Church. Eric, always a pleasure. Thank you. God bless.